Hey there, welcome to the Agents of Revival podcast. If you're ready to be healed and take full accountability of your life by evolving into your best self, then this is the podcast for you. I am your host, Andrea Griffin Rogers, and I'll share with you winning steps as well as personal tips and anecdotes on how to go from brokenness to wholeness and from scattered pieces to inner peace. So come on in and join me on this healing journey and let's become whole together. Enjoy it. Hey, what's up, guys? How are you today? I pray all is well and that this message stirs your faith, falls on good ground, and produces good fruit in your life. And today, you know, we are in a new series called Jesus People Series. And we are talking about today, Stand Firm, Stand Tall. I'm going to say it again. Jesus People Series Part 3, Stand Firm, Stand Tall. Let me pray before we get into this word. Spirit of the living God, we come to you right now. I just want to say thank you for allowing this opportunity for my brothers and my sisters to hear a word from you. Speak, Lord, your servants are listening. May you get the glory, honor, and praise out of this moment and out of our lives, God. You know where each person is in their individual lives. You know where each person is listening from right now, God. And you know what each person is going through or thinking about in this moment of all of the things on their agenda, all of the stresses in their life, all the worries and cares. So Father God, I pray that you take all of those things and as I, on behalf of them, lay them down at your feet, Father God, and I ask that you give them all rest. Give them all peace in their heart, the peace that surpasses all understanding to know that Jesus has the final say. They don't have to worry, stress, or or try to make anything happen. They just have to trust in the Father, you Lord that you will handle it all. Thank you, Father God, for being our friend, our provider, our savior, our Lord, our husband, our head of the church. Thank you, Jesus, for your sacrifice. Thank you, Jesus, for new grace and mercies each and every day. May this word fall on good ground and produce good fruit in the lives of your children. This I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys, so today's message actually came from my studies, and I was, um, well, a lot of the messages actually come from my studies, but this particular one, I was actually, in a sense, seeking a word for myself, and I was uh, studying a fellow prophet and pastor and I was watching you know some of their teachings on YouTube and thank God for YouTube right y'all <laughs> I am learning more and more people used to tell me all the time that you can go to YouTube for everything and I was a little bit old school where I was like well I'd rather you know sign up for a course at a university or whatnot because when when I first started this journey guys um of ministry when God like officially gave me the mantle so to speak of this is what I called you to do And I talked about it many times before that was in April 25th, 2017. So, um, but he started speaking to me and stirring on my heart in, um, I want to say like July, 2016, which was a few months after my suicide attempt. And cause that's, that was the, the pivot point for me after that suicide attempt was, okay, I got to find out why I'm alive. What is my purpose, God? Because up until that point, um, what really up until, um, August 29th, 2014, I thought my purpose was to take care of my grandparents and August 24th to me, August 29th, 2014 was the day that my grandmother died. 
And so it was just like, I, w- I was wrecked. It was like, what do I do now? Like, how could you take her away from me, God? Like, I didn't know up, what was up, what was down. I, I just didn't know. I didn't know what to do with my life after that. And so I thought my life ended with that. And so fast forward to, you know, two years later, well, almost two years later, I was still very heavy in grief. I had a lot more things happen to me in between that time that added to the weight of the grief. And so I, you know, I thank God that he did not end my life because I, it caused me to be so desperate for not only my healing, but desperate for, um, just my understanding of my salvation, you know, I've, I was brought and raised up in the church, but I went on that journey to figure out after I didn't die of like, well, what is my purpose? God, like for me, it came down to getting to that low point. I don't suggest that for anybody, but I'm just saying that's my journey. It came from to me getting down to that lowest, lowest point of my life where I wanted to end it all. And I tried to end it all. And thank God that he, you know, pivoted and it didn't work. Um, because then it was like, okay, well, I need to go gun ho hard and seeking to figure out what my purpose is because they're dead and they're in heaven with you now, Jesus. So what is the purpose for me on this earth? Why am I still here? Why didn't I die in the grave with them? And so, um, it led me on this journey and then God, you know, started to speak to me through the Holy Spirit, but I didn't really understand the Holy Spirit's voice at the time. Um, uh, and I just kept hearing a whisper say, tell your story write the story tell your story we just keep repeating that echoing tell the story write the story tell the story write the story and it was like what are you talking about and so I just continued to pray to make sure what am I hearing the Holy Spirit because even though I was brought up and raised in church and I know some of you may be like well shouldn't you been familiar not really because it really wasn't talked about and honestly the most I heard about the Holy Spirit even um even though I went to Catholic school all my life and then I was a part of Baptist and Apostolic Churches. The most I heard about the Holy Spirit was not only that it was part of the the, the Trinity um, in heaven, a Father, Son, Holy Spirit of Jesus, God, and the, you know the Holy Spirit, and that it's His own entity, His own being. But um, only other thing I knew about it was like it caused people to run around the room like crazy and go into convulsions and and speak in these. What they say is tongues and, and, and that was it. And so I would feel such an outside. I would feel like, well, I don't belong here in the church then because I can't do any of that. And even when I've attempted to try, and as they say, shout in the church, like, which really means not just the voice of triumph, but also shouting in terms of dancing. I felt so awkward. I just felt like this really does not feel like me. I feel like I'm trying to be somebody else trying to just fit in with the in crowd this is what they do uh and and it just didn't work and so you know I talked about it before many times throughout this podcast journey and you'll you know hear more and more my story as time goes on and you as you get to know more and more about me um and so I just had a moment in 2009 where I just left the church because I was just like you know what I'm done. I'm going to say, well, what does that tie into, you know, your recent studies? I'm going to get to that. Um, and so I left the what I thought was the church, but what God helped me to understand through my journey, you left religion. You didn't leave the church. You were always here. I always knew where you were. You just left religion. And when I left religion, it caused me to go into a deeper dive to figure out my faith. And then the suicide attempt 
came, like I said, it's on the 16. And then now that had me go into a deeper, more aggressive journey to figure out my purpose. So 2009 was the start of me figuring out the deeper realms of my faith. And then 2016 was, okay, figuring out, well, what is my purpose in life? And how does that tie into my faith? And so when I went on that journey and when, and when Jesus spoke to me, April 25th, 2017, when, um, you know, I don't know if it, I can't really explain it all. I just know I was in heaven and he, you know, sitting on his throne, gave me my marching orders and spoke to me directly to teach the gospels and to do so through my story, which of course ties into what the Holy Spirit has started to echo the year prior of tell your story, write the story. And so. Uh, I remember when I wrote everything down that the, that Jesus spoke to me uh, in this vision and I wrote everything down um, and I remember just saying, well, how do I like go about doing this? What does that mean? At the time I had a blog called ajeezlife.com and so I was like, well, I guess I'll just start there and we'll see where that goes. And then a few, I would say maybe like a few days or so later, God spoke to me again and gave me more clarity on it but I still felt like okay what I mean it's, it's almost like somebody coming to you you know the best example I can give is like uh I heard somebody mention that you could learn how to ride a motorcycle on YouTube and so it's like okay you go and you watch the videos and and then it's like okay you think you have an understanding but you have a a um you have a technical understanding, but you don't have a practical understanding because you're not in front of the bike. <laughs> you're not getting on the bike. You're not riding the bike, anything like that. You're just watching somebody on TV. So you have a technical understanding of it, but to apply that is very different. And so that's how I felt. I felt like, okay, God, you spoke to me. You give me a technical understanding, but like, how do I apply it? And so bringing me up to recently, I was in prayer with the father and just, you know, studying and just trying to figure out a word for me because I was like, Okay, God, you, you're calling me higher. You're calling me to more things. You're giving me more dreams and visions um, in terms of unveiling more of the purpose for my life and in, in terms of availing more assignments that you're giving me. And I was just trying to figure out, like, how is this going to be achieved? You know, uh, even as I've been mentioning many times lately about Revival Nights, Revival Nights is coming up. And, um, to be quite honest, I'm like, God, how is this all going to work out? You know, like, I know what you showed me, but what you showed me isn't really what I'm seeing happen. And it's not about the people. It's about like, in the way God showed me, but I heard somebody teach recently, um, uh, a young lady pastor named Stephanie Ike. I heard her teach recently about the way God speaks in dreams and in visions. And she says, it, God will show you a scene like a movie. And you have to understand that when you wake up from that vision or that dream, or, or even if you're in a vision trance, which is what I've heard other prophets call an open eye vision. It's where you are awake, but God, like just the Holy Spirit hits you in a way where though you're awake, your mind is taken to another place or, you're, or you see something in, in the spirit realm that's not directly in front of you uh, and so um, and she was saying whenever you have those moments when you come out of them write it down and then when you finish writing it down you have to take it to the Holy Spirit in prayer 
for the Holy Spirit to interpret it, which I knew this part up until that point. But then she said something that was so profound to me. She said, then go through the dream with the Holy Spirit because the dream that was given to you or the vision that was given to you is not going to happen the exact way you saw it in the vision. So your job is to go with the Holy Spirit and then help and then listen as the Holy Spirit helps you pinpoint the parts that you need to um to extract from that dream and that's the the fruit of the essence of what he's trying to show you and so i was like wow now that i didn't know because up until this point i've had dreams and visions for years and i've not really understood what it meant and god has spoken to me time and time again about being a prophet and i still didn't really know what does that mean i don't understand god what what does it mean for me to call me prophet? And then on top of that, that doesn't line up with the first assignment you gave me. <laughs> and I've had to learn what that means as well. Like God may give you an assignment in one season at one time, but he shifts you. And you got to shift with the winds of the Holy Spirit. You know, you have to stay in alignment with God's assignment. And that means his totality of an assignment, not the one he gives you. Yes, the one he gives you stay in alignment there. But then when God says, okay, now I'm going to, I wish I could show you guys like a diagram, but maybe you can Google because I've seen some on Instagram. People have done it where it's like God's plan versus our plan. Our plan looks like a straight route up the mountain, but God's plan to be like zigzags and a roundabout and then down and then up. And then it's just like, what? It's a crazy pathway. And so that's what I'm trying to explain. Like, um, and so I had to realize that like, you know, though God may have spoken something to me in one season of one assignment, it was to start me on that, but it wasn't to have me in there. So I was like, okay, God. So I was trying to understand what it meant for this new assignment, this new mantle that God was placing on me, this new understanding of, of part of my purpose to be a prophet. And so I was like, okay, God, so I was looking for a word and that's where, the text I'm going to get into, you know, the inspiration came from this text I was studying. And I went back and I was like, okay, well, I'm trying to prepare for revival nights, which, uh, you know, is March 31st, 2023. It's going to be on Zoom. It's free of charge. It starts at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So you just have to go on my social media platforms at Andrea from Rogers, one on Instagram and at Andrea from Rogers on Facebook and YouTube. And then just get the link code to log in on March 31st at 6 30 p.m eastern standard time and so i was trying to figure out okay well in the vision room you showed me revival nights in one way how do i take that from the technical to the practical you know how do i apply that like the motorcycle video as i was saying earlier example of like okay you show me how to ride the motorcycle now how do i apply that in real life now the motorcycle is in front of me and so as i was trying to figure that out um i heard uh, this particular um fellow prophet and apostle um talk about in one of their um in one of their sermons they gave this particular scripture and i was like oh my gosh wow and it basically was the understanding um god was confirming through their words something that i've talked about before that i heard god echoed to me over the past year something that pastor mike todd preached about a year ago that i received so strongly from the holy spirit which was this is your season of unusual acceleration and so i was like uh okay i get, I get that i guess you know it's, again it's like the motorcycle example like you're showing me that in the technical okay okay i get okay i see i see that all right but how do i apply that in the practical 
And so I'm about to read a scripture to you that um, really spoke vimes to me. And and again, it'll all tie in. So if, you, if you're like, well, wait a minute, I thought the title was Stand Firm, Stand Tall. I'm going to get there. Just, just bear with me. Y'all. You know I'm a storyteller, man. Just bear with me, okay? So the, today's scripture is Joshua chapter 6, verse 1 through 16. And anybody that um, knows scripture or has been in uh, church services before this this. A particular uh, scripture passage is not unfamiliar. It's something that most people know about. Or even if you've never heard the particular scripture, you might have heard of the saying like the walls of Jericho come crashing down. We're going to discuss that and dive deep into it. And there's a lot of scripture that God wants me to cover here, but it's for a purpose. So just bear with me, y'all. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. And so again, that's Joshua 6, starting at the first verse. Now the gates of Jericho were tightly shut because the people were afraid of the Israelites. No one was allowed to go out or in. Really quickly to give you backstory. We are now looking at the children of Israel that I've talked about all season long. So if you have not followed the podcast, it's too much to kind of digest uh, and, and try to break down the first you know books of the torah it's, it's just too much so you just got to go back and either read the bible <laughs> or go and listen to all the past um you know 41 episodes leading up to this point of the podcast for you to like get it because god is just like building on it like building blocks um but the children of israel are now stepping into their promised land and they thought they were going to go into their promised land one way because, um, because not only because of what they had, you know, experienced up until that point, but also because of the way God spoke it to them. And so they, they thought that going into the promised land wasn't going to require any work from them. Um, and, and God was like, no, it's, it's going to require work, but not in the way you think. I know I've had you fight other wars in this particular way, but that's not the way I'm going to give it to you this time. This time you're going to go in and your job is to do exactly my instructions. And so we're going to get into, into that, but I want you to help understand the backstory of like how we get here. We get here because now it's time. They crossed the Jordan river. They've left, they've left Egypt. They went through the wilderness. Their parents died. And now the children, even Moses died. And so now Joshua is ushering the children in to, um, into their promised land of Canaan, the land flowing milk and honey that God promised them. Okay. So now the gates of Jericho were tightly shut because the people were afraid of the Israelites. No one was allowed to go out or in, but the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho. It's King and all its strong warriors. You and your fighting men should march around the town once a day for six days. Seven priests will walk ahead of the ark, each carrying a ram's horn. On the seventh day, you are to march around the town seven times with the priests blowing the horns. When you hear the priests give one long blast of the ram's horn, have all the people shout as loud as they can. Then the walls of the town will collapse and the people can charge straight into the town. <clears throat> so Joshua called together the priests and said, take up the ark of the Lord's covenant and assign seven priests to walk in front of it, each carrying a ram's horn. Then he gave orders to the people, march around the town and the armed men will lead the way in front of the ark of the Lord. After Joshua spoke to the people, the seven priests with the ram's horn started marching in the presence of the Lord, blowing the horns as they marched and the ark of the Lord's covenant followed behind them. 
Some of the armed men march in front of the priest with the horns and some behind the ark with the priest continually blowing the horns. Do not shout. Do not even talk. Joshua commanded. Not a single word from any of you until I tell you to shout. Then shout. So the ark of the Lord was carried around the town once that day. And then everyone returned to spend the night in the camp. Joshua got up. The early the next morning and the priests again carried the ark of the Lord. The seven priests with the seven ram horns marched in front of the ark of the Lord blowing their horns. Again, the armed men marched both in front of the priests with the horns and behind the ark of the Lord. All this time, the priests were blowing their horns. On the second day, they again marched around the town once and returned to the camp. Then followed this pattern for six days. On the seventh day, the Israelites got up at dawn and marched around the town as they had done before. But this time, they went around the town seven times. The seventh time around, as the priests sounded the long blast of their horns, Joshua commanded the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the town. Now, I'm going to stop right there. <clears throat> and so, when I heard the, the uh, prophet speak, this particular um or rather talk about this particular scripture they didn't read it um i was like okay all right god I, i'm understanding a bit more of what you're saying you're saying that in this season of unusual acceleration in this season of um of revival in this season of escalating me to my next level and again I'm, I'm talking about myself but this word can be applied to anybody if you feel like this is your word just receive it in Jesus name just claim it and you know in the atmosphere like this is my word Andrea um and so uh and so I was like okay I get what you're saying God like this is the time to do it and 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 not do it in the way I once did it what does that mean? That means that I may have worked a certain way before. I may have shown up in a certain uh, light before. I may have done things a certain way before. But in this new this new time, this new season, God has given me specific directions on what to do. And I talk about it before at the beginning of the year. At the, well, rather at the beginning of this season, which was in February. Because at the beginning of the year, God had taken me on a sabbatical. And he made it very clear, your word of this year is rest and follow God. And he gave me that word of the year actually in September uh, 2022. And I didn't understand, like, what does that mean at the time? Why would that be my word of the year for 2023? But I received it and I said, like, okay, God, I'm going to write it down and be obedient. Uh, and it wasn't until during the sabbatical, even at the beginning of the sabbatical in January, I was kind of fighting it. Like, God, why do I need to take a sabbatical? Like, I, I think I'm ready to go. You know, I just needed those those two weeks off for Christmas. It's a new year. I'm good. And God was like, no, do no work. And then during that time, he just kept speaking every now and then to me of saying, like, okay, write this down. Do that. And I would write things down. I would do what he told me to do. And uh, and so then when February started, I was like, okay. So I, I went back into the usual routine of the way I worked. And then I want to say literally like that same day or the next day. So we're talking about the beginning of February, February 1st. It was like, it, it just hit me because I had a meeting that day. And it was like, okay, my team was like, well, we, we got this going on. You got that going on. You got this coming up. You got that coming up. And I was like, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> uh, I didn't realize we had all that going, coming up. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, and some of that is this weekend. And it was like, wait a minute. And so it was like, wow, thank you, Holy Spirit, that you told me 
how to show up in this season, how to um, just stand in this season, because I was willing to do it in one way. And that wouldn't have worked in this new season that you've shifted me into and that you transitioned me into. And so I was like, okay. And so as we've continued, even now in March, uh, with Revival Nights coming up, and that's just, again, one additional layer. There's so much more coming up that I'm not privy to share with you guys just yet. But it's like, oh, my God, like things are just kind of taking off. And dare, dare I say, like the uh, prophet was saying, you're in, even like Mike Todd said a year ago, you're in an, a season of unusual acceleration. Things are going to happen so fast for you that you have got to hold on. And I love, I talk about Mike Todd a lot because I love his story. I love his journey. It has encouraged my faith so much and to understand what God is doing. And one of the things I remember him saying was in the season where it seemed like things were taking off for him and he was getting more and more um, famous, if you will, is that God told him to stride and not strive. And he was like, what God? Like, but, but do you see everything that's going on? We should take, you know, because in the world, business says strike while it's hot. But God's kingdom is not like that. And so at, at the time, Mike Todd was being told stride, which meant like go at a, at a pace of rest. And then here I am. God made it very specific this year. You're going to rest and then, and follow me. And it was just like, uh, okay. And I found myself even in the midst of the, the, the schedules and the agendas each and every day that there are some days in my week where, um, one day could be completely busy. I'm talking about like, you know, oh my gosh, like after I had this quick meal and, and I may rest for that hour after eating, it's like, okay, back to work. And it's so busy. And sometimes it's like, I can't believe I got all that done in one day, but it's the grace of God that gave me what I needed to do in that one day. It's just like the children of Israel. Why I mentioned their story, because it may not seem logical to do things in that way. Like if you're going in even today, we see wars all around. If you're going in to conquer a land, then you're normally told to like get your army ready and then start bombing or start blowing stuff up or uh, espionage in terms of like secret spies and whatnot. And then get the, you know, low down on your, and granted, Joshua did send out spies, which is how Rahab, if, if I was to read later on in the scripture, Rahab comes into play because she hid the two spies. And that's a whole word in of itself of the two and how that's, you know, significant for um, not only man, the, the relationship between man and God, but also um, just how Joshua was one of the two, along with Caleb that came back to say we could take the land. So anyway, I'm not going to get into all that because we would have pivoted another way. But I was like, okay, what God was saying to them is the same thing he's saying to me. He's probably saying the same thing to some of you out there. Is that in this season of unusual acceleration, in this season of elevation, in this season of ascending to your next level, your next self. You know, I just real quick. One thing I prayed about during my preparation was like, God, you've had me talk a lot about this season. Different things that I've never talked about before. And it was like, because my assignment is changing or my assignment is shifting. And so it's not going to always just be about teaching about grief and heartache and pain and, and the season of the wilderness. 
I, I now have to shift and, and start teaching about, well, how do you ascend from that? Or what happens when your wilderness season changes to your now waiting room season and then your ascending season? And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you probably have to go back and listen to uh, the end of it's not personal, it's spiritual because I, I kind of talk about the lift off of what happens in that process of the waiting room and whatnot. So again, I mean, it's probably best for you to just listen to all the episodes from the season if you haven't, <laughs> because it every part of it, like I said, it's like building blocks. It's one layer, type of layer, type of another layer, but it was built on a foundation from the very first episode. And so, um, and so I was listening to this this you know message. And I was like, okay, God, what you're saying to me is I have to show up differently in this season. I can't show up in the way I did before. This, even the same work ethic I once had. And the work ethic I used to have, honestly, guys, was unhealthy. And some of you may be just like this. I'm going to say it. I used to be a person who will put my entire agenda first, prioritize everybody else and what they needed me to do and uh, how I was supposed to show up. Some days, y'all, I wouldn't even eat until the end of the evening. I may not even have anything to drink that entire day because my my whole focus was on what I had to do that day and how I had to show up for others and what needed to be done for my own self, my own life. And so I was putting myself last in order to get the work done. And God is saying to me, no, in this season, you're not going to do that. In this season, you can put yourself first. In this season, you're going to learn how to rest. In this season, you're going to learn that I don't need you to work Hard. I need you to work smarter. Oh, that's a word right there, y'all. I'm not, I ain't even gonna teach you on that because that's a right now. That's another word for another day. God is showing me, just like He was teaching the children of Israel, you're going to work smarter in this essence. Yes, the walls are going to come down. Yes, I'm going to give you the land I told you I was going to give you. Yes, you're going to need to show up in order to in order to achieve it. But you don't show up in the way that you think you're going to show up with the guns blazing, so to speak, and you ready to just drop bombs. No, you're going to show up in silence. You're going to show up and march in the way I tell you to march. You're going to show up and shout when I tell you to shout. You're going to show up and worship and praise. And, and that's what the ram's horn is. And blowing the ram's horn of praise, of triumph in that moment when I tell you to. Again, this, this is... You know, practical steps for a spiritual purpose. Uh, the, the way they showed up, the way God told me to show up may not be the exact same way he's telling you to show up. But I believe that God is speaking a word to all of us that in this new season that he's bringing many of us in. It, your job is to show up differently in the way you did. Actually, this could go for the wilderness too. Actually, I just thought about that. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Even if you're in the wilderness and you're like, well, um... Let me show up in the way I used to. That's not going to work. <laughs> and I know because I went through the wilderness. And I thought in the wilderness that I should show up in a way that I've showed up before. And I should do things the way I did it before. And, and it was like I was fighting wind. And it, it just wasn't working. And what wound up happening and started to work in my favor was once I surrendered. And then said, okay, God, what is the plan? Enter, like I said, you know, 2016 and onward. Because up until that point. I was just trying to just do it in the way I knew how to do it. Show up in the way I knew how to show up. And it just was not working. And so I had to get to the point of surrender to say, okay, but what's the plan? How do I show up? And then, like I said, here we go with 
uh, April 25th, 2017, and God gave me my marching orders, and he's telling me how to show up, and then he spoke a few days later uh, on the 27th and gave me even more instructions, and then on and on and on, God's continued to give me more and more instructions to understand this is how you show up, just like the children of Israel. He will give you instructions on how you're to show up in your in whatever season you're in, so you don't have to feel like, well, you got to figure it out. No, you just got to pray to God. And then wait for the Holy Spirit to give you the, the instructions, to give you the next instructions. And if God gives you instructions, as I've learned throughout my journey, when he gives you instructions, do that. Even if you feel like, well, I've been doing that and I haven't heard anything new, then continue doing it until God gives you new instructions. He will only give instructions when it's time to shift. Just like he told me, this season you will rest and follow God. Up until that point, it was not. Uh, it was about teaching me the principles of rest and why rest is important and why balance is important. But it wasn't necessarily about working from a restful place. Whereas this season, this time, it's like okay, now I need you since you've taken, since you've learned the the technical portion, I need you to you know apply it practically and and work from a resting place. And so. Um, if, if somebody's asking, well, how do you work from a restful place? Number one is to understand how expensive your yes is. Number two is to adopt the 90-10 principle, which uh, is given by Tere Roberts in his book called um, Balance. And the 90-10 principle is understanding that the majority of things you respond to should be 90% no and 10% yes. It ties into the first one of Understanding how expensive your yes is. What does that mean? That means that when you say yes to something, you have to understand how you're going to stand and show up in that moment. What is it going to take for you to show up in that moment? How much energy is it going to exude from you to give that person a yes? Not only what, even if it's like days away or weeks or months away. Okay, but you can plan for that. But if you didn't plan accurately, what if something comes up? Or if you're like, okay, well, I wrote down all my plans a day and it's like squeezing in, you probably can't squeeze it in because what you're going to say yes to, you're saying no to something else. So that's why it's understanding that your yes is expensive and 90% of your responses should be no. Even today, um, you know, I've had to realize that some, if somebody, if somebody's asking me to do something and while yes, it may seem like that's pretty simple, I could probably do that on my phone. But it's understanding that, okay, but me saying yes to that thing you want me to do is saying no to a whole bunch of other things that I actually have to do today. So again, you know, I had to make a decision and say, you know what? I can't say yes to that. I'm sorry. I just cannot commit to that right now because I have a ton of things that I have to do today that are priorities. And then number three is actually just just writing it down like writing it down helps you prioritize what you need to prioritize because a lot of people think that everything on their list has to be done that particular day no it doesn't there's some things i talked i talked uh, to somebody before and i said um as i was teaching them write down everything you do in a day and then write down everything you do in a week and then prioritize this person was in school and so they were like well how would that work uh, because I have this assignment and then I have work and then I have this and then I got that project going on. And I said, okay, but some of your assignments in school, for example, just like you can apply this to work, aren't due that week. So you're stressing about stuff that's due weeks or months later. 
Focus on the stuff that's due today. Focus on how you need to show up today. Focus on the stuff that's due tomorrow. That's how you prioritize what is important for that day. What is immediately due right now and then what can wait? So that way you apply your attention and direction to what you can do today that's important for today, that's due today, or it's due tomorrow, so you got to do it today, and then that's it. But if it's something that can be put off for a couple days, put it off. I know the world teaches you don't put off anything that you could do today, but that's not God's principles. God's principles is about rest, working from a balanced place, a healthy place. And so he was saying the same thing to me and he's saying the same thing to you. And he said to even, you know, uh, Joshua and the Israelites back then working from a place that he tells you to work from. And it's not about doing something that's so hard. I mean, if you think about it, how simple and easy now people may say it's, it's hard. It's not really how simple and easy is it? If somebody, if God said, I'm going to give you that house or that car, let's say for make it a practical example for today. I'm going to give you the house or that car. All you have to do is go walk around the house and pray for it and walk away. Now, in your natural sense, the world says, no, you need to go and you need to figure out how much that costs, how much you got in the bank, and you need to go and, um, and, and have it appraised and then see uh, if there are any problems in the house and what needs, what needs to be fixed and the HOA fees and on and on and on. You got to do all this extra work. And God is saying to you, no, I just need you to go to the house. That I promised you and walk around it and pray. Say nothing. Don't ring no doorbells. Don't look at no windows. Nothing. Just walk around it and pray and get back in your car and go home. Most of you won't even do that because that just seemed too easy. I talked about it before of uh, Naaman who had leprosy and he went to see Joshua. And Joshua said, you know, just sent a word to him and said, go dip in, in the Jordan seven times and you'll be healed. And he was like, what? Why? No, you should do. And, and the soldier had to say to him, well, wait a minute, you, you giving all this stank attitude and you causing a ruckus. If the prophet would have told you to do something hard, wouldn't you have done it? But because he told you to do something so simple and easy as just go wash in the river seven times, you don't want to do it. And I know some of you may catch on about the numbers. Yes, God speaks a lot in numbers as well. The particular numbers, the number of seven is the number of completion. And so, um, and so with the children of Israel, same thing with this principle of the example. I said, if God told you to just walk around and pray, how much of you will complicate that? How many of you out there would just be like, you know, that's too difficult. It's really not. He didn't say how long you had to pray. He just said, walk around the vicinity of the house and pray. And if you can't walk around the house, maybe it's a row house or something. Then that means walk from the front part of it and pray. Stand in front of it and pray. But so many people can't even do the simple steps that God says. I love this scripture. And this is actually the scripture that the uh, particular uh, prophet I was listening to. This is the scripture that he actually talked about. And it was Joel 2 verse 25 to 27. I'm going to read it in the NIV version. And it says, the Lord says, I will give you back what you lost to the swarming locust, the hopping locust, the ship. The stripping locust and the cutting locust. It was I who sent this great destroying army against you. Once again, you will have all the food you want and you will praise the Lord your God who does these miracles for you. Never again will my people be disgraced. Then you will know that I am among my people Israel, that I am the Lord your God and there is no other. 
Never again will my people be disgraced. And so if you go read the text, the title of this text is actually called God Restore the Years or God's Restoration Promise. God always wants to restore something in us that was once lost in a season. Even if you're in the wilderness right now and you're like, oh, well, I've lost so much in this wilderness season. Hold on and understand that God's going to restore what you've lost, but he doesn't restore it in the exact same way that you lost it. He does exceedingly abundantly above all you could have asked or think as learned about in Ephesians. So you just have to be willing to and steadfast to continue to stand firm and tall in the way that God's telling you to stand in this moment. And so if he's telling you to pray more then just pray more. Yes, it may seem like that's such a simple task and you feel like you should have something more complicated, but God is trusting your obedience to the one word he gave you. Pray more. If he says, study your Bible more, then study your Bible more. How bad do you want to be free, to be healed, to be whole, to be, to be a complete in Christ Jesus, to have a personal relationship with the father, to even get to your promised land that you want to get to or to get out of what you're in? Or to ascend to a higher level. How bad do you want it? If you really want it bad enough. One thing I learned about human beings. Is that they will prioritize whatever they want to prioritize. We all know it. I don't care how many people say they won't. Yes you will. If, if you really want them Beyonce tickets. You will go through hell and high water. You will sacrifice eating for days on end. To ensure that you can afford that thousand dollar ticket. To go to her concert. If you want them new Yeezys, you're going to do whatever you can to make sure you can afford those $300 sneakers or $500 sneakers. I don't know how much they cost because I don't have them. <laughs> but you're going to do whatever you have to to get it because that's your priority. Some of y'all want that bag. So you will prioritize sleep. You will prioritize spending time with family. You will prioritize your own children or, excuse me, under-prioritize your own children who want more time with you for the sake of, I got to go get this bag. I got to get this money. Why? Because that's your priority. Your priority is the money. So people prioritize what they want to prioritize. And I find it so interesting that most people are not willing to prioritize their own health. You're not willing to prioritize your own healing. You're not willing to prioritize your own mental state. And then you wonder why so many people are sick out here. Why so many people are depressed. Why they're suicidal. Why they're anxious. Why they have so many stresses and worries. Why they um, are just going through a hard time. Could I submit for your consideration that your priorities are messed up? You're prioritizing the things of this world and not God. I talked about it before. Be proud for Jesus and not for the things of this world. It says in Second Chronicles 7.14. Then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves... And pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and restore their land. If you have not realized the theme of today's message, though it's titled Stand Firm, Stand Tall. God wants to restore something or some things that have been misplaced or taken from you by the enemy in your life. God wants to restore the years that you felt that you would never get back. God wants to restore the, the family that has been divided for so long in your life that you thought would never come back. God wants to restore something in your life. 
even if you're like me and you've been single for a while and you're like, well, am I ever going to get married? God wants to restore that time. He's going to bring you back joy. It's going to be unusual acceleration if you're willing to be obedient to the last word he gave you. If you're willing to be obedient and do what he's telling you to do in this moment, stand tall, stand firm. That's it. That That's how he's telling you to show up in this moment. Just be willing to stand in your faith and be obedient to the father's call, the father's beckoning. Don't try to do it in your own strength. Don't try to overwork yourself. Don't even stress about it. Give it to the father and stand in the way he's telling you to stand. And so I pray this message stirred your faith. I pray that you receive something from it. Like I said, you know, I gave you this message because God inspired me and gave me the message for myself. And I recognize that there was somebody else that needed to hear this word. So I pray that it falls on good ground, produces good fruit. May the Lord bless you and keep you, cause his face to shine upon you. May the Lord God be gracious to you, show you his favor and give you shalom, give you his peace. Take care. Bye now.